Well, it's Mother's Day and uh, comes round each year, doesn't it? Pretty quick. <laughs> and so we turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Last year, we looked at Hannah, if you remember, on, on Mother's Day, the mother of a prophet. Remember, she gave her son to the Lord. Today, this year, we look at <coughs> Eunice, the mother of a pastor. So mother of a prophet and mother of a pastor, and Lord willing, we're still around. We might find another one that fits into ministry as we go, as these mums brought up young men to serve the Lord. And so it's a blessing to look at this this morning. Faith of our mothers. And if you've been listening to or thinking of the hymns that we've sung, they've been about faith, trusting the Lord. And um, <clears throat> writing to Timothy in Second Timothy, his son in the faith, Paul could say with unfettered frankness, I have no man like-minded. Um, <clears throat> Philippians 2 and verse 20 says as much as well. Put it another way, there was no one like Timothy. <laughs> That's what Paul was saying. Now you think of who Paul was in his recommendation of Timothy. Paul was the apostle. Paul went to the Gentiles. Paul spread the gospel around the known world. But he could say he's never met a man like Timothy. And what a blessing to a mother to hear those words from a man that was ministering so around the world. What in Timothy justified such a commendation from the apostle? Part of the answer is given in our text that we read this morning. In verse 5, we read, When I called to remembrance the unfeigned faith, it was not a make-up, it was not a facade, it was true fair faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. So we have this unfeigned faith that Paul saw in Timothy that made a difference, that made, him, that made Paul say, this is a man that is like-minded to me. He immediately affirms that faith that dwelt in, in Timothy as saying it also dwelt in Lois and Eunice, grandma and mum. And so they made the difference. Paul implies that but for the faith found in these two women, Timothy's grandmother and mother, it's unlikely that there would, would have been any faith in Timothy. And, and mums today, that is very important, isn't it? If you don't have faith, you can't pass the faith on. But you can pass the faith on, as these two ladies did. We have here then the faith of three generations, Lois, Eunice, and Timothy. What a commentary this is on the faith of our mothers and the faith that should be. And if you don't have faith, what about your children? Even our faith down here in the 21st century could be related back to these people. Only the Lord knows. 
You know, it's been passed on from generation to generation, that faith. And it might have been these two, Lois and Eunice, through Timothy and the gospel spreading, as it did through him, to generations to come. And uh, maybe the Lord, I don't know if the Lord will share that with us when we get to heaven. You got saved because of this, 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 <laughs> and go back for 2,000 years almost to find the people that stayed true to the word, the ladies, the mums that passed it on to their children. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and may we receive a blessing from the brief study that we have in it today. Lord, may the mothers be blessed today. May they be encouraged to know that they have passed on the faith once delivered to the saints, to their children and their children's children on into generations. And Lord, we thank you that you work through people, particularly mothers, in instructing us in the word of God from the cradle to that time that we leave the nest and go out into this wicked world and live our faith out. Lord, bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, first of all, we see the faith, a mother's faith is convictional. Both these mothers knew the reality of chapter 3 of 2 Timothy and verse 15, where we read that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. This infers, does it not, that from a child, from a very young age, Timothy was given the truth about faith in the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Scriptures, as it's mentioned in that verse. And they, these two ladies were convicted that this is the way to pass the message on. What does it say in Romans? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's so important, mums, to pass the message to your children. And, uh, you know, what an opportunity you have. And it's been often said, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. <laughs> because the influence of mothers on the children affect generations to come. Even, even the communists know that, don't they? <laughs> Give me a child till he's, what, 10 or 12, and we'll keep him for life. And so it is, mums, you've got that responsibility. Yes, it is falling on dads too, but mothers are there most of the time. It is a faith which is scripturally sound. It's based on the word of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, if you go back there to chapter 1 and verses 5 to 7, we read, When I call to remembrance the unfaith, unfaith faith that is in thee, that we, well, we read this one once, or our brother Dunn read that, which dwelt in... Thy grandmother Lois, mother Eunice, I am persuaded in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, Timothy, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And so he's reminding uh, Timothy, remember the faith that you have received through your parents, through your mum, particularly here. This makes it plain that there are two women, these two women enjoyed a faith in God through the Lord Jesus Christ, which was both scriptural and saving. A good example they are to all mothers to come. The just shall live by faith. But without faith it is impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. These two ladies prized above all else, above tradition, above secular literature, the final authority of God's word in matters of faith and practice. We need to be people of the book, people in the book, people who read the Bible, people who live the Bible and practice the Bible. You know, we give our children a lot of things and we desire to do that. As a parent, I do or have, and I pray that you do. We like to give our children the best of food. We like to give our children the best of health if we can, you know, teeth and all the things that go with cleanliness, clothing, education, recreation at times. But what about God's word? Which one should be the priority? Giving the word of God. Of all things that you do for your children, it should be imparting the word of God to them. They understand about eternity. An African chief wanted to know the secret of Britain's greatness. Past. (laughs) Queen Victoria, holding a Bible in her hand, said, Tell the chief that this book, the Bible, is the secret of England's greatness. And that's true of any country, isn't it? True of any family, of any church. This book is the secret to greatness. It's got God's way in there. So it's a faith which is spiritually sound. These two ladies had a sound biblical faith. It's a faith which is savingly sure as well. In Acts 16 and verse 1 we read, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra. This is Paul coming to Derbe and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain woman who was a Jewish and believed, but his father was a Greek. It appears that Lois and Eunice were introduced to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus, maybe through Paul in his missionary journey, his second missionary journey. But they had been in the book prior to that. They knew their Old Testament. As Jews, they knew that. And so they had that understanding already. And when the gospel was preached to them, it fell into place. When Isaiah 53 was read to them, I'm sure it just fell into place. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the one of Isaiah 53. They believed and passed passed that on. Here then were two mothers who had a conviction of faith, grounded in the word of God, related to the Lord Jesus and understood who he was. Nothing is needed more in our country than mothers who have this quality of faith that want to pass it on. Why is our country where it is going down the drain spiritually? It's because it's the word of God is not something of a real conviction in people's life. They want to meet everything. They want their children to be successful. They want them to be in business. They want them to be popular. They want them. But what about wanting them to be a Christian? Wanting them to go to heaven? I mean, that's a burning desire. It should be of every one of us who have children. Lord Shaftesbury once said, Give me a generation of Christian mothers and I will undertake to change the whole face of society in 12 months. (laughs) If every mother was a Christian, what a difference 
there would be in the world. So a mother's faith is convictional. A mother's faith, secondly, is communicable. It can be communicated. There is no person probably like mother who can communicate the deep things of life on a daily basis like a godly mother. The father certainly has a responsibility of leadership and by way of example to show the children how to live the Christian life and instruction. But invariably it's, up, it's left up to mother who makes the deepest impression on a child, especially in those early years. If we go to Titus chapter 2, just over from Timothy, you'll find Titus chapter 2, verse 3 and 5. We read, The aged women likewise, that they be in behaviour as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to, to be sober-minded, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chase keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. These ladies, these aged women, it's talking to them here, and the young, that they love their children, discreet chase keepers at home. How do you spend your day? Does everything outside of the house keep you occupied instead of in-house things that need to be taken care of? The faith of the children. I remember at times with our kids when they were home gathering them together and having a serious talk. Not a whole lot, but some very serious talks about things that were going on in the world and what they needed to do and how they needed to believe because eternity, their eternity depends on the faith that they can have in the Lord Jesus. And so this faith can be communicated. Faith is communicated by a personal education back in Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. We've read there, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. What, is, what does it say? Monkey see, monkey, monkey see, monkey do. Now, we're not monkeys. I'm not inferring that at all. But, you know, you can train a monkey to do certain things. And folks, parents, grandparents, we can train children by what we do. How we live in the home. Are you fighting one another as parents? Are you arguing with each other? You see, these things have an effect on the children. Is there an agreement? Is there a holiness? Is there a, a, a scriptural reading habit? Is, are these things happening in your home? They're, they're looking at what you do. And they might get a little bit older and say, well, it doesn't work for mum and dad. They're fighting, arguing, and they can't agree, and, you know, that dad doesn't go to church or whatever. You know, and they, can, and they come up with all these excuses and say, well, it doesn't work for them. What's the sense in following it? You see, it's communicated by personal education, by a personal example of life toward them. Let's turn to the Old Testament, to Deuteronomy chapter Chapter 6 and verse 6, Deuteronomy 6, 6. <clears throat> we'll read a few verses here in chapter 6. We read this. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. 
Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest down in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thine house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swore unto the fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged that thou diggedest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten to the full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord. That's what's happening in our country and why it's happening in the home. This is what it all relates it back to the home. When you're lying down, when you're rising up, it's personally in that house that you are teaching your children the way of the Lord so that they don't forget and beware lest they forget the Lord who brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt. And the generations to come in Israel forgot what God had done and who had, who had delivered them. And so it's communicated by this personal pointed education in Proverbs 1, 8 to 10 and Proverbs 6, 20 to 21. It also tells us the same. Faith is communicated by practical demonstration in one's life. It's mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Set the example. Timothy had seen this in his home. This is what was guiding him, molding him, making him to be the man to think as he thought. God using him in the future to be a pastor of a church. And praise God for those that do head that direction and very few are heading that direction and maybe it's because the faith is not being communicated by personal education and practical demonstration in the lives of people second corinthians 3 verse 2 and 4 it's a good verse to maybe we should look at it second timothy 2 and oh, 3 2 and 4 we read this <clears throat> Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone but in fleshly tables of the heart. And so here Paul is saying that this gospel is read by people by your behaviour, known and written and read of all men, he said here manifestly declared by their behavior so we've seen mother's mother's faith is convictional it's communicable and thirdly a mother's faith is commendable paul never forgot the faith the piety which was evident in the home of timothy when he went to visit there the lasting influence about a mother's faith has it ever occurred to you that the most priceless treasure a man or woman can have is faith. The world may cry, what is man without money? The Christian replies, what is a man without faith? Remember the only thing by which all the heroes of the Old Testament are remembered in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11 is by faith. By faith. Doesn't say how rich they were how popular they were, it was the faith that they, that they were spoken of. <clears throat> they were in ranks 
They were lived in dens, they lived in caves, but their faith was spoken about. Not their mink coats, not their mansions, not their money, not their possessions and pomp and power, not their personalities, but their faith in the living God. And if you don't impart that to your children, you miss the greatest opportunity of all your life imparting that faith. And here Paul is saying they have a commendable faith. John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, in his most wild of days, could never forget his mother at whose knees he had learned to pray. She was taken to heaven when he was only eight years old. He said, My mother's God, the God of mercy, have mercy upon me, was often his agonizing prayer when in danger and trouble. That prayer was gloriously answered, not only in Newton's life, but also in his subsequent ministry. Another family we could use as an example was, is the impressions that Susan Wesley made on her son John. So much so that she's been called the mother of Methodism. <laughs> if you have a mother of a denomination. <laughs> but you understand what we mean. A lasting influence about a mother's faith. After they've gone, you remember mum. <laughs> and the living relevance about a mother's faith is also thought of in this context of first, Second Timothy chapter 1. Times may change, fashions may alter, but mothers are never out of date. <laughs> there is a living relevance about a mother's faith because no one in all the world adapts herself to the day in which she lives or to the place in which she lives. Whether she lives in a palace or in a pioneer's hut, she can adapt. And listening to Brother Spencer's testimony, the last visit I had with him about being with mum and dad when he was four years old down on the Murray, his dad a woodcutter for Melbourne's wood, firewood. And um, how he remembers... His, his mum. How he remembered his dad. Sometimes with heartache. Because they weren't saved. Dad wasn't. And so we, they, the, 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 that understanding, that remembering back is so important to have some good memories that have been left with us from our parents. William McKinley, as a lawyer, a congressman in America, governor, governor of Ohio, president of the, of the of U.S., kept in touch with his mother every day. When he didn't see her, he wrote or telegraphed. That's back then. In mid-October 1897, he quietly left the White House and took a train home just so he could walk to church again with mum. When she became ill, he arranged to have a special train standing by at full steam, that's that full steam thing, steam train, ready to take him to her bedside. Then one night she called for him, immediately he wired, tell mother I'll be there. Mrs McKinley died in December the 12th, 1897, in the arms of her 54-year-old son. Her gentle Christian virtues helped mould the president's character. For when he was gunned down only four years later in Buffalo, New York, he showed no bitterness toward his assassin. 
with Christian courage, he said, God, God's will be done. Before he died, he asked to hear once again the hymn, Nearer, My God to Thee, that his mother had taught him. We, you mothers, have a great influence. Pass on the faith. In conclusion, you can notice there a, a brief outline. Eunice, the mother of Timothy, was a godly woman. Paul said of another woman, Rufus's mother, he said, his mother and mine. It was like Paul missed mum. <laughs> and he could say that and he, he may well have said that of Eunice as well. His mother and mine. But she was a godly woman. She loved the Lord Jesus. She trained up a child in the way he should go. She was a gracious woman. A gracious woman that was willing to let her son go. She was victorious in a difficult situation. It's said that we don't know whether her husband, who was a Greek, it does say that, but it doesn't say he was a Christian. She lived in a hard situation. She lived with probably an unsaved husband or no husband at all. And she fulfilled what 1 Corinthians 7, 12 to 16 talks about. If they be pleased to dwell with you, dwell with them as an unsaved partner, unsaved husband or wife. So she was a gracious woman and she learnt godliness through her situation. She was also, thirdly there, a giving woman. You think of it. Paul had probably talked to her about giving up her son. Now today, it, it's probably not as, it, it, it's hard, but not as hard as it was back then because, you see, to give up your son was to give up your superannuation was to give up the person that would look after you, to take care of you in your old age. That was a very important thing. And she was willing to give him up for ministry. He was not a well boy either. <laughs> Thy frequent infirmities, it's spoken of about Timothy. But she was willing to give him up for God's service, to be used of God. I have down here and I have shared it and dad's here today my dad <laughs> and he shared with me not long ago a few years after my, my mum died his wife that he she had said to him that mum had prayed for me to be in ministry and that was unknown by anybody until just recently and shared that. You, you don't know what your prayers, mum, might end up doing in your children's lives. Even if they don't know. <laughs> and when I was over 60 before I, before I found that out. It was a challenge and a blessing. <laughs> Fourthly, lastly, she was a guiding woman. That's his Eunice was a guiding woman. She directed Timothy to faith. She taught him obedience so that when Paul came along, he submitted to the, the old, older man in ministry, obeyed Paul's, Paul's commands. She taught him to dedicate, be dedicated to hard work and the hard tasks of life, to the holy living, to feeling deeply as a pastor for people and their needs. She, she had taught him loyalty. 
So what a wonderful mother, the mother of a pastor, the mother of a preacher. You know, when eternity rolls around and we're all there in heaven, what a wonderful thing it will be if you as a mother could say, because of my prayers, because of my commitment, because of my Christian belief and my Christian behaviour before my child, they went into ministry and now there's all these souls that are in heaven because of that. You don't know where it's going to end, but just be faithful until then. Follow the pattern of Eunice if you want to have a pastor's son or a pastor's wife <laughs> raised in your, in your home. And it can be done locally. It can be done in your house, where you're at, to bring glory to God. Let's pray. Thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for this mother, Eunice. We thank you for all mums here today. And may they take up the challenge to impart the faith through the ministry of the unchanging word of God into the lives of the generation to come, should you tarry, to bring glory to the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.